Welcome to Bang the Table Talks, a podcast that discusses the evolving world of community engagement. Explore and learn with us as we host conversations with leaders in community engagement, stakeholder consultation, and public participation. We'll discuss current trends, best practices, as well as tips, tools, and ideas for better engagement programs. Hi, and welcome to the Table Talks podcast. I'm Jonathan Bradley. I'm Head of Business and Practice for Bang the Table here in the UK. And I'm joined today with Anna McKeown, who is Head of Engagement at Traverse. Welcome, Anna. Thanks for agreeing to have a a chat with us. Yeah, hi. About this really, well, it's been a really um, important project, hasn't it? Lots of people seem to be interested in it. But wouldn't mind if you just quickly introduce yourself. Sure. And thank you for inviting me. Uh, So my name's Anna McKeown, and I'm the Head of Engagement at and Traverse is a social impact employee-owned consultancy. We specialise in public engagement and consultation, evaluation of public services and social research. Brilliant. Fantastic. That's quite a lot of stuff you get involved in then. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so in this particular instance, we're going to talk about the lockdown debate. What did what was the official name of it in the end? Was that was it the lockdown debate or it was the lockdown debate, yeah. yeah. Or le- I think the full title was "Leaving Lockdown: A Public Debate," but our hashtag hashtag was "Lockdown Debate." Yeah. Fantastic, and it was great to for us to see you using Engagement HQ for this rapid deliberation. Where, where did the idea come from? So when we moved into lockdown as a company and obviously as a country, after a week or two, we were following the news cycle and seeing how all of all of the events unfolding and all of these massive policy decisions happening that were affecting our lives in a way that that you know hadn't hadn't been the case for years or potentially ever. And as public engagement practitioners, we were really aware that all of this was happening without without the time or or maybe uh, with the ability to engage with the public on some of these issues and we thought that was a real shame and we could kind of see the reasons why that that might be the case because it, it was a moment of crisis and there was so much going on and we were interrogating our role as a company and what we thought we could do within the crisis what we thought our purpose was because we couldn't make ventilators <laughs> we couldn't help in practical ways at the front end of the pandemic, but sure. we could maybe help to provide a space for people to talk about it and to discuss some of the issues in a way that would hopefully be useful for other research purposes, for policymakers, for decision makers in a whole range of contexts. And that was within our skill set and that was something that we could offer. And we also just wanted to try deliberating online because it's something we hadn't done before. We'd used elements of online engagement in previously in accompanying face-to-face work, but we'd never run a process fully online. And so we thought it was a great opportunity to experiment and to do that as well. Um, so that's where it started, really. Brilliant. And how, how does it compare to how you would normally do things? I mean, very differently in some ways and remarkably similar in others. So practically, obviously, usually we would spend months sometimes preparing for an, for an engagement event such as this. We would run them face-to-face with people in full-day workshops, in, in venues. We would feed people. You know, there would be, it would be a face-to-face event. Uh, they would run over a number of weekends, potentially, and there would be kind of quite a lot of big processes set up around it in terms of the governance structures and the scrutiny and the materials development, etc. So this was very different in that we couldn't do any of those processes face-to-face. Also, critically, we worked in partnership on this project. So 
instead of this being commissioned and being delivered as such as, as you know, as, as we're a consultancy and we provide those services, we instead worked in partnership with a range of organisations, including Bang the Table, to do this together, which was a really different experience as well. The practical ways it differed were many. Nobody met in person at all. Everything was run online. Um, we used Zoom, we used Engagement HQ, we used uh, Microsoft Teams for the uh, partnership collaboration, and we held the events in a very different way. We held them over short sessions over multiple days instead of all in one day. We recruited participants very differently, so we recruited them through connections in local communities and mutual aid groups and community groups um, fully online rather than on street recruitment, except for there's all sorts of practical ways that it differs. Some things were the same, though. Engagement is fundamentally about a, range, a set of things that are relevant, whether you do this online or face-to-face. -face. So it's about building relationships with people. It's about providing a space for people to learn, to share ideas, to hear a diversity of views, explore complex issues, to try and reach consensus or, or divergence. And all that is the same skills are similar you need you need empathy skills facilitation you need the organization of pulling events together so there are still a lot of similarities once you kind of look carefully at the objectives of what you are trying to achieve it's just the manner and mode of delivery that was very different sure so there's a was a little bit of a leap of faith but lots of the components were sort of you know you were familiar with exactly yeah did you have to do much to get everyone on board internally? Within Traverse or within yeah, the just Sort of like, yeah, as, a, as an organisation, was, was everyone up for it or did you have to win some hearts and minds and that sort of thing? No, everybody was really up for it. And I think that was reflected in actually the response we received from participants in that people were really keen to have a space to have this conversation. That was really clear, both from our team who are working on it and the participants who joined it that that they felt that this was something that they wanted to do and be involved with so no it wasn't it wasn't a challenge I mean from our perspective we were we were quite busy um working doing a lot of other things at the time so we had challenges about making sure that fitting evening sessions and all of it in as often is the case but other than trying to find more time in the day we had a kind of great sort of motivated response from our team Brilliant, brilliant. And you were um, one of the first, maybe the only organisation involved in the, the famous, well, in, in our world anyway, the famous deliberative wave to try something like this. That's fantastic. What were your expectations in terms of the benefits that you might get from doing it this way? I think we would, our main motivation was that we wanted to learn and we wanted to be really open about what we learnt and we wanted to build an atmosphere of collaboration with other organisations. Other than the sort of objectives of the project in terms of what we were hoping to achieve by that particular project, but maybe our more kind of latent objectives were around that, it was really exciting for us to try something a bit different to usual. And because we felt that it would enrich our work, all of the other work that we do as well, in terms of learning how to work online effectively what we need to think about, how we need to interrogate our processes to make it as good a process as possible, what the limitations are of it. All of these things were things that we were keen to experiment with and learn. And we certainly learned an awful lot from the process. And I think we really enjoyed the collaborative approach, the partnership approach. We had really generous people being really generous with their time. So this, the specialists who came and spoke were fantastic and um, agreed to speak to our participants with short timeframes and very kindly gave their evenings up. 
So there was a lot of generosity around the project, which which was really lovely to be a part of. Yeah, that's fantastic. That makes me think about my next question as well in terms of the, we're quite a big community in, in the UK in the world of public engagement. Do you think that there was some resistance to doing this kind of thing online or, or has that resistance changed as a consequence? There's sort of two questions in there maybe. So throughout the last few months and the time over which we were doing this, there was there has been quite a lively conversation amongst practitioners which has kind of positioned online engagement versus almost face-to-face engagement and sort of pitted them against each other, which I I don't think has been particularly helpful because I think many people don't see these things as being as excluding the other. Really, the conversation is about how each of these different approaches can enrich the other. And so sometimes the the conversations around, oh, is it better online? Is it better face to face? I don't think at any point anyone was trying to say engagement should only ever be done online and that there aren't any challenges with it. What we were trying to experiment with on this project was showing what was possible and showing what was potentially more difficult. And I think that has been an interest. We think that's been an interesting sort of addition to this conversation. We've had a lot of interest from you know people working in engagement. We held a webinar earlier this week, which was really well attended. I think there's about 70 people on it talking about the you know different methods and things people are trying. So I do get the sense that this sits within a context where lots of people are trying different things as well. I know that you know there'll be lots of organizations who are experimenting with new things, um, some more formal, some less formal. So lockdown debate does sit within that kind of context. And I think in terms of moving forward from this and how people sort of see what happens next, I think one of the challenges that we have is interrogating our assumptions around engagement more fully, because I think the online face-to-face binary conversation actually misses the point a little bit. And what we need to be doing is kind of saying, these are just two approaches, they're just two methods. What we need to be looking at is how effective is our engagement overall? How are we evidencing the value of any kind of deliberative process and what role that plays in our democracy and our society? And those interrogations should happen, whether it's a face-to-face process or online. So that's where I'd like to see the conversation head. Sorry, I kind of ended up somewhere else. No, <laughs> no, question. I think that's yes. You've certainly helped everybody end up in a sort of much more confident place I think in talking about this subject rather than that binary debate so it's I think one of the there's almost been a benefit to the to the professionals working in this area really Mm. uh, and I think one thing we'd reflect on is that what we were really trying to do is not advocate for any particular approach we just tried to do it in one way and we built that method collaboratively and we experimented with things and we're certainly not saying that it's the only way of doing anything or that it doesn't have its challenges and its limitations. It massively, massively does. I think what we're keen to do is to build an atmosphere where we can say, hey, we tried this, here's some here's some lessons. And the more we can share what we learn together, hopefully the better we all become as practitioners and the better case we make for the work we do as a whole. And that's kind of what we what we'd like to see happening a bit more. Fantastic. Just changing tax slightly. I know that you got some great comments, some great ideas and, and the like. Um, what was the insight insight like? Is there anything you can share? So we are still writing up the findings report. We're not quite there yet in terms of sharing findings, but the quality of the insight was really good. I thought I thought the 
our participants, as always, demonstrated great depth of understanding, motivation, engagement in the subject matter. They had a really insightful observations and conversations. And I think overall, the quality of the deliberation was great. Rima Patel from the Ada Lovelace Institute published a blog post recently, which to me really kind of evidenced that because uh, it, she was pulling together some of the findings and kind of a first sight of kind of where we'd got to with the project. And she basically articulated what, what the participants were saying around technology and COVID and that they're a sort of overall point that came through was that this is not about whether a, a particular technology. Ultimately, people had views on the different apps and the different ways of implementing things, but that fundamentally wasn't the most important thing for them. The most important thing for them was the trust in the system that underpinned the technology and the understanding there and the information being shared and the transparency. And that for me was the really insightful and helpful takeaway from the project is that being focused just on technology is almost the same as the online offline debate. That's yeah. just, it's just a vehicle of delivery. It's not the actual thing. The actual thing is the system and the and the plan and the trust behind that. But the, that's just one example of, of one of the insights that was was gleaned from it. But I thought it was um, we had some great contributions. And, um, and some people listening, they'll probably be particularly interested in how you got the people involved and, and what the process was for them. Sure. So to be honest, the recruitment process was a pragmatic one, is how we've termed it, in that there wasn't really a particular budget for this project. So we covered the recruitment in a way that was as resource light as possible while still being robust in terms of sampling. So we designed, a, so we decided to do this in two locations, one urban, one rural. We decided on the number of participants that we could reasonably host. It was about three groups of eight or nine. So we were looking at somewhere between 25 and 30 participants. And we chose two locations where our team lived. Uh, and the reason for that was because our team were relatively embedded in the community structures in those areas. So it meant it was very easy for us to promote the opportunity through um, Facebook groups, through mutual aid groups and other community pages. So we basically put together a kind of a very basic recruitment survey, which enabled us to tell uh, people what the project was, what payment they'd received for being involved, what the time commitment was, and ask them to fill in some demographic information and some basic other attitudinal information about themselves. We then received a range of responses. We received over 50 responses from the two different locations. And then we um, looked at the responses that we had and managed to put together a sample of 30 participants out of those 50 that filled nationally reflective um, population demographics. So we looked at having a breadth of age, uh, ethnic minority, um, socioeconomic background and gender. I think I don't think I'm missing anything out there. So that was the that was the process. So in all in all, then we had 31 confirmed participants. And by the end of the process, we'd had 28 who completed the full process. And we had a couple of dropouts due to people's competing priorities, personal circumstances coming up. Um, so that was kind of how we got people involved. If we were to do it in a different way with, with more time, more resources, there's all sorts of different things that we would do <laughs> around recruiting people. Obviously, we didn't have the time or the resources in this project to do work around digital exclusion and, on, and to onboard people who weren't confident online. We would, would have loved to do that. We could have done stuff in more locations. We could have looked to be broader about which groups we recruited through. There's all sorts of different things that we could have done. Um, but we took a pretty pragmatic approach to enable us to do it very quickly. It still sounds like it was pretty well thought through anyway. What did they have to say about online engagement, about this rapid deliberation? How did they, how did the participants feel about it? 
So we asked them to fill in the feedback form at the end of the process and we got we didn't get everybody uh, um, all responses so our our data for this is, is not quite the full set of participants but it gave us a feel. Nobody said they'd felt key barriers to involvement. A couple of people had issues with Wi-Fi um, or connectivity not to the extent where they had to drop out it usually just affected them for one session. In terms of uh, it being online, there were some who said they would have preferred a face-to-face -face process, but there were some who said that they wouldn't have wanted a face-to-face -face process, they wouldn't have wanted to travel or they wouldn't have felt confident doing it, and they preferred the online process. There was a real mix of people in terms of their preference to the different ways we engaged online. So, for instance, a lot of people really liked the Zoom um, discussion groups that we had, and they liked being able to chat and talk to people. Whereas some people really preferred using the online platform and having that more reflective solo activity where they could look at other people's comments and review those and add their own. And then some people really enjoyed the plenary sessions with the speakers and we used the chat function on Zoom a lot for that. Um, and it was became quite a dynamic session where although people weren't um, interacting verbally, they were interacting on the chat, building on each other's questions, commenting on each other's questions, developing ideas together to put this to the speakers who we invited. So there was a real quite a range of preferences. And what we learned from that was that there is a real value in giving people multiple ways to contribute because everybody has a different preference. So having something where you can contribute online in your own time, you can uh, be part of a discussion group, et cetera, where you've got a real variety and really serves a mixed group because it enables people to be involved in ways that suits them. Fantastic. It sounds like it overall has been a great experience and surely you plan to do more, more online deliberation in the future? Uh -huh. um, well, in a lot of the work that we do anyway, obviously at the current times, it's not possible to do engagement face to face. And so we're working with a range of our clients to move uh, their engagement online. And so far, that's that's gone well, especially working with stakeholders or, you know, people who are who are in, being engaged in a professional capacity rather than as a citizen. People have found that that's actually been really helpful. It means they don't have to travel down to one end of the country to attend a half day workshop. They can just pop into a 90 minute Zoom webinar and they feel that they get a much more intimate conversation with with, with people in that way and kind of a more productive conversation. So we've seen it work really well in different settings. So yeah, we're, there's there's lots of different things that we are we're planning to do in terms of any kind of new experimentation. We don't have anything lined up. Oh no, I completely lie. Um, we are doing a bit of work in the health sector actually to look at um, to talk to people about some of their experience of uh, virtual consultations, and um, and we'll be kind of conducting some of that work online as well, obviously. So there's lots of different things we're experimenting with, and I think our next steps in terms of let's reverse what we are going to go away and identify is um, what we think we can next most usefully contribute to the conversation. Um, we hope the lockdown debate was a way of dropping a few ideas in and um, stimulating some discussion and giving, sparking a few thoughts. And we'd like to see for ourselves what we think the kind of next thing we can contribute to that conversation might be. Um, I think we'd like to explore how we can foster more collaboration, but uh, we haven't we haven't landed on the next thing as yet so watch this space you're a pioneer it sounds like you're a pioneer um any tips for those following in your in your footsteps people just getting started well i don't think i'm a pioneer at all actually um i i've been uh, tracking some work that's been done in australia and in germany and i think maybe in the uk there are, are, are probably potentially fewer people talking about working in this way but in other countries there's lots of really 
interesting initiatives happening and academic research being done into different ways of conducting deliberation that are totally worth checking out. So I've been feeling like I'm following in the footsteps of democracy superheroes and different countries to be honest. And I think that's probably would be my advice is that there's a, a bigger sector than you think when you first enter this space in the UK and the history of deliberation and participation, you know, is is a rich one. You know, it goes back into the in terms of how we're talking about it today to the 60s and the 70s and there's loads to be learned from looking at examples in other countries and things that are working well elsewhere borrowing ideas and being inspired by by things that you see help happening elsewhere and then just trying it yourself is a good way to um to move forward as any that's brilliant really really grateful for your time i understand you've got a holiday on the horizon so Thank i've just managed to to get hold of you before you have a short break so um Thanks again for all that great information and insight and commentary. Not at all. And also, it was great to work with the Bang the Table team and to work with HQ on the project. It was really fun setting up the site and also seeing how the participants interacted with the site. It definitely helped us understand the, you know, sort of the, the possibilities of engaging with people in asynchronous, asynchronously and on an online platforms. So thank you all for that, because I know you you all put a lot of time into lockdown debate as well. So yeah, it was definitely a team effort. Oh, thank, oh, you. thank you. It was great to be there. Thanks a lot. Thank you for tuning in to Bang the Table Talks. Join us for future conversations as we explore the capacity and insight that online engagement has to offer. Check out our other learning resources at bangthetable.com.